This is the Real Positive Girl podcast, and I'm your host, Sabrina, and I'm here chatting with you about your emotions, your mental health struggles, how to take those first few steps towards being so much more vulnerable and more honest and more self-aware. So super important. And we do that two times a week here, so welcome if you're new, and if you're not new, welcome back. Thank you. And today we're going to chat about something that is a continuation from last week. Uh, well, I... I say last week because it was like Friday, but you know, the the episode previous to this, um, and it's called How to Manage Your Distractions, Getting Distracted from Working on Yourself. But before we do that, let me do ask you a question. Have we become friends online yet? Or have you like, you know, checked out any of my socials and just like popped by and been like, hey, um, if yes, let's make it more real by like sending a message and like saying hi and just like a quick connection to be like, hey, you know, like, hi, how are you? <laughs> you know, just to like kind of be friends and um, give a hi, hello. And if not, I encourage you to just check check down, check. Wow. I love the combo of words. Check down in the show notes below and you'll be able to see my name on socials. I'm at Sabrina Joy Perozo. But if you check down there, you know how to spell that. And that's for both Instagram and TikTok. And if you are a Twitter person, I am uh, newly a Twitter person, but I love it. I am at Real Sabrina Joy for that. So come say hi, friends. The next and last question I have for you is, have you signed up for the weekly newsletter? Or have you suggested a topic that I could talk about? And you can do that anonymously. Or have you checked out the cool, super awesome planner journal hybrid that I have for sale now on Amazon? You know, prime shipping, half the price. It's amazing, right? And if not, you can take a peek down into the show notes again to find links for all those things and a couple other things if you're interested. And lastly, I'm also looking for support from anyone that would like to support my goal of sharing mental health and mindset content online full-time by becoming a monthly donor over on Patreon or you know, donating any sort of financial way that you would want to. If that is not your thing right now, that's totally fine. The best way to support me right now without spending any money and basically no time is sharing the show and um, popping up a review on, I think, Apple. And I don't know if Spotify does reviews, but I know you can like do the stars on Spotify and like, you know, still rate it. So do that. I would really super appreciate it. Let's, you know, go and talk about what we're actually here to talk about, how to manage your distractions. And you can check out all that stuff later in the show notes. I eventually realized that minimizing distractions for me, when I really thought about it, max, like managing and minimizing them, you know, managing how many were, you know, over, felt very overwhelming in my life and then minimizing them and try to cut back on them had a lot to do with setting up personal boundaries. And that's just for me. And I think it, I think it's like that for a lot of people, but it's possible that people already have personal boundaries you know, some sort of like light one set up and it's still need that little bit of extra to manage distractions, mostly because they come straight directly from you and not necessarily like outside sources. You know what I mean? But for me, it had a lot to do with uh, setting up personal boundaries. And this had a lot to do with like failing to get time to focus when I asked for it from other people like, hey, listen, I got to do this. I can't really be doing anything else. And also not understanding that inanimate objects can also be distractions. You know, I never really like deeply thought about that for the longest time that, you know, TVs and, 
dirty kitchens and unorganized desks, you know, like in searching online for something I really don't need are all distractions. Did you know that? (laughs) Did you know that finally uh, dusting underneath your bed after like two years of not doing it, that is a distraction. Just one that I chose, you know, even emotions like stress and anxiety can be distractions because it's leading you away from focusing on the thing that is, should be the priority and it's not being allowed to be the priority because you are focusing on something else, you know? And in the previous episode, the one that came out right before this, we spoke about why we get distracted and getting a better understanding of that. And I absolutely 110%, of course, recommend listening to that episode too, because it will be beneficial in knowing like where this like mindset and behaviors originate. Um, it's always helpful. I just, I double down on this all the time. It's always helpful to know the why behind our behaviors and thought processes, because it's easier to identify like those fail points that you might still have ingrained in you, like the influences that you have over your life. And then like the excuses, like, let's just be real. <laughs> the excuses to work on or avoid in the future, right? So if you're just like, okay, why did this develop? Why is this here? Why is this a struggle for me? Okay, well, these are some things to look out for because despite like creating a plan to manage things or cut back on things or whatever you want to do with your struggles and um, the things that you're dealing with in your life, like your past, like the way that it crept into your life the first time, that could like circle back and happen again if you aren't like aware that that's how it came into your life. Do you understand, you know, because it's like, yeah, you've set this whole new system with achieving these goals and becoming your best self. But if you weren't able to take the time to really identify like, okay, well, how did this come to be, right? And then, you know, having that information to be aware of as well of how it could, again, become more of a struggle than something that you are of like, overcome or not really overcome. I hate that word. I don't know why. I moved forward from and learned so much from. Do you understand? You know, I think you get it. You get it. So we all know that, um, but anyway, yeah, check out that episode. It's a good one. But we all know that distractions just like get in our way of completing like whatever needs to get done. Um, But despite knowing this, we still allow distractions to like take us away from whatever is like highest priority at the moment. And you could like literally make a list or not and just like in your mind be like, okay, this needs to happen. And then we're like, okay, we need to not get distracted. And then you literally can come up with a list of 10 things where it's like, well, probably should do this instead. And, you know, I think some of you might even be thinking that, well, you know, Sabrina, um, you know, those things that the priority list just changed. And I'm like, I don't believe you. I mean, sometimes the priority list can change if like an emergency comes up or you realize that something actually is more important to figure out uh, sooner than later. But I would say more often than not, it's not just like all of a sudden you're like, well, yeah, I really needed to deep clean the cabinets in my kitchen instead of, you know, finishing this project or turning in that form or whatever, or shopping for this because this event is coming up and it's super duper important and things sell out. You know what I mean? And so if you were just trying to like lie to yourself and make up excuses that, oh, well, you know, priorities changed, I just, I really encourage you, like we're real here. If you're new, I'm just real, real and raw and honest because that's is what is going to help you grow and become your best self and be able to overcome these struggles, not overcome, sorry. Oh, that word's so caught in there. I don't like overcome because it means it just, it feels so finite and 
I don't think that any of our struggles are finite. I think that they can still creep back and kind of like try to poke at us, but we have developed the skills and ability to, you know, push past it, learn from those experiences and keep it moving, you know? You know what I mean? So don't come at me with those excuses. You really need to evaluate them for yourself and be like, is this really how I want to live my life? Full of excuses and just making crap up for why I can't just, you know, figure out how to get it together. I'm just saying. So, um, but yeah, we still allow these like distractions to just like get in the way of our highest priority stuff. And, you know, these distractions could be like our family, our friends, uh, random wandering thoughts, socials. Like I said, it could be um, high emotions like stress, anxiety, or anything we suddenly find to do in the moment because we are putting off what we know needs to happen. And that would be like all the random chores and things and random things that we just all of a sudden figure out, oh yeah, we need to do that instead of, you know, it'd be like for me, instead of writing the podcast, I'm going to go and like dust all the shelves in my office and then redecorate like the one behind me for Easter, the next upcoming holiday. Well, my just St. Patrick's Day, but I don't have any St. Patrick's Day decor, so I'm sorry. Um, And then just, and then also let me go ahead and just reorganize the bin system that keeps all like the back stuff, back stock for our company's uh, welcome boxes and just random crap that really doesn't need to be done. And it's fine. That can just be done in another cleaning time. And uh, just really finding a reason to procrastinate because I feel like procrastination and distractions, they go hand in hand. They're like almost best friends. Um, so today specifically, you know, cause we all understand like how distractions work today. We are specifically talking about getting distracted from taking care of our mental health and our mindset, actually focusing in on ourselves and ministering some self-care, some focus, some understanding on how we need to take care of ourselves, how we need to fill our own cup, how we need to be prepared. So that if we want to continue to pour out and help other people, we actually have the resources to do so. We're not just like bone drying and a burn out super quick. And, you know, allowing distractions into our lives isn't too different regardless of like what we are getting distracted from. So, you know, how we're talking about mental health and mindset uh, versus like getting distracted from work versus getting distracted from focusing on anything else, right? It's, you know, it's, it's kind of all the same, but the strategy we use will have a few different focuses that relate more to mental health than just getting work done. So that's why it's something very specific I wanted to speak on. And I think that regardless of this being more about mental health and mindset, you'll still find helpful pieces for distraction, like managing distractions in your life, like as a whole, you know? And so it's still overall helpful. But before we get into that really quick, I want to mention that being distracted is totally normal. Like it is, it's completely normal. It is not something that's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got distracted. Like no one's going to say that. And if they do say that, they're being a hypocrite because we know that they've gotten distracted too. Like they, they have to, they have to, it's totally normal. We can't always be in total focus on everything we do. We just can't, right? Uh, We're not perfect. No one is perfect. So no one's perfect except for Jesus. So we just need to understand that we are imperfect beings and that's going to happen. Okay. Sometimes it's helpful to have a distraction, to give ourselves a chance to like reset our mind and our bodies and take a break 
from things that we are like too dialed into. You know, when you just get like going on something, but you like spend so much time in it and you need to take a break. And sometimes a distraction will just pop up at that perfect time where it's like, okay, great. Yeah, we'll just take a moment. We'll take a break. We'll take a breath. We'll take a beat. This will be really, really helpful. Um, And this could still apply like this example of, you know, needing a, a distraction coming along at a really great time to take a break could still apply to mental health because we might be too focused on working on ourselves in one specific way and welcome the distraction of moving on to something else and like getting shaken up a bit to even try new things, you know, because if we're so focused on like journaling, 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 and that's all we do, we do it every day and we're just like so dialed into that, but then we have a distraction that pops up and we're like, oh, wow, like journaling, this is all... I've been doing, maybe I should try something else. Maybe I should try like stretching or meditation, yoga. Maybe that'll help like really like create that Zen mentality that you're maybe we're going for with the journaling. And it's just like something like that where it just pulls you away for a second and you kind of have a widened perspective because you're so zoomed in on what you're doing. So, you know, just know that distractions are perfectly normal and healthy. It's just a matter of like, do you allow those distractions to just kind of like take over everything and now allow you to actually refocus back on the priority and what actually needs to happen. But I just want you to understand that there should be like no self-induced shame for giving into distractions because we're all human and not perfect and it's totally healthy and natural to have those distractions. So let's get into the meat of it, which is how to manage distractions that are getting in the way of you working on yourself. But before, as always, I want to let you know that all the tips and advice that I'm about to give you and have already given are based on my own knowledge and research and the experiences that I have gone through and the experiences of others that I'm able to share. If you feel like none of this like really aligns with you, is helpful for you, that's totally fine because like not everything's going to work for everyone. I, I like totally believe in that and that's a, it's a fair thing to say. I would encourage you to speak with a therapist or a counselor and have that one-on-one time to figure out what would best align with you in regards to figuring out like how to manage distractions that are getting in the way of you working on yourself and your mental health and your mindset. If you don't want to do that, I encourage you to go to our best friend, Google, and type in like managing distractions from working on yourself, other that get in the way of working on yourself, whatever keywords you'd like to type type in and pop in. And then um, that might help you too. You'll get lots of blog articles. You get lots of like videos and all these kind of like things that could definitely help you, you know, figure out what would be best for you that maybe I did not share here today. Okay. So I want to apologize now in advance if my voice starts to go out more than it already is. I think I might have gotten sick on the work trip that I just returned from. And my husband was actually really sick while we were there. And I was trying to like take all the, the homeopathic things to stay healthy. Um, but, you know, also I had to take planes with other people. So anyway, I just want to, you know, kind of like throw that out there. There might be a scraggly voice that emerges as we go. So here are the five tips on how to manage what's distracting you 
from working on yourself. Let's jump in. Number one, identify your distractions. Identify your distractions. I know you're like, oh my gosh, groundbreaking for you to suggest that we should identify them. It's important to put that out there because I feel like instead of like really nailing down specifically what are our main distractions, we might just be like, okay, we'll just like come up with some sort of strategy for everything and then just like do like do the strategy and not necessarily focus on the like the whys and like the understanding of what is behind what is actually behind like uh the distractions you know what i mean cuz like i feel like like let's say that you didn't identify your distractions and you're just like yeah lots of things distract me and you're like okay well then you need to just like in for like if i was to jump like forward to be like talking about boundaries and talking about discipline and talking about all these things and then you wouldn't really know how to apply those things because you haven't identified actually what is the distraction so maybe people in your life aren't the biggest distraction maybe it's literally like social media or maybe it's the desire to uh, need to keep everything tidy or maybe it's like you know, really high emotions like stress and anxiety that are getting in your way of really focusing on what you need to do because you're worrying and and concerned about the, uh, these other things that are going on in your life. You know what I mean? So that's why it's important to identify your distractions. So be honest and list out the main things that are distracting you from working on yourself. And I'm telling you to be honest because you might be hesitant to admit that your spouse or your kids or something else is a distraction for you because you love and appreciate them or that thing or that activity that you partake in, but they still get in the way or that thing still gets in the way when you need to focus on you, right? And it might be kind of like heartbreaking and sad to be like, oh yeah, you know, it is my spouse or it is my child. But, and I don't think that's like being mean. I think it's just being honest and understanding it's important to be honest and realize that that you're allowing that to be a distraction, and it's like, okay, how can we fix this? And it's going to be all for the better. So if certain people or activities are only distractions for certain things, though, let's say that your family is only a distraction when you are, you know, needing to journal or meditate, I would definitely make sure to note that down in like a list. But let's say that your dog is a distraction when you are trying to, I don't know, let's say, take like a bath, right? And, and you know, the little puppy dog's always like, little doji is always coming in and like, you know, bothering you or I don't say bother because I love my doge, but you know what I mean? Like coming in and saying hi and then um, maybe being dramatic. My dog is dramatic. My golden retriever is like 110% dramatic when I'm not giving him attention. And so it's like, maybe it's your dog or maybe it's like, uh, some sort of neighbor that's always like knocking at your door and asking you to do things and they only bother you when you're like at home doing homework or you're focusing on your side hustle or a project or something else, right? It's like if you have people or, um, you know, activities that cause a distraction only for certain things, make sure you note that down when you write down all of your distractions. And so some quick examples of distractions in your life would be Again, social media, friends, family, chores, requests from others, wandering thoughts, high emotions, things like that, just to kind of 
have an idea. So identify your distractions. I, again, I recommend that you write an actual list. Now, it could be written down on like a notepad, but it also could be written down in a notes app on your phone. Don't forget that if you're afraid that someone will find that list, you can lock the list. And so, you know, you don't have to have that out in the open. That's up to you and what, how much you want to share with everyone in your life. Uh, but yeah, identify the distractions. Actually write them down. Number two, and again, we're talking more, you're welcome to write a whole list of like distractions for everything in your life. But again, we're talking more like who gets in the way of you, you know, um, doing things that are helping your mental health and mindset. So maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's like self-care days where you take a bath or you take a walk or you read a, read a good like a really good book. Maybe it's when you're doing therapy online at home or when you actually have to go to a therapy appointment in person. Maybe it's when you need to go to a different doctor visit, Um, whatever it is. Maybe it's when you have like accountability time with people, whether they come over or you do it online, over the phone, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, so kind of like think in that realm. Number two, create and enforce personal boundaries. So make sure that you establish personal boundaries with others and with yourself and with yourself. Maybe you weren't expecting that coming, but I had to add it in with yourself. It's super important. So with others, you want to make sure that you don't commit to things you don't have time for. That seems so simple, but even I struggle with that where you just like commit to things or like you think you have time and then you haven't really thought about it, which we should all think about it before we commit to things. And think like, oh yeah, we'll fit it in. We'll make it work. That's like the common thing, at least that I hear. And then it's like so overly difficult and you just like regret the whole conversation together. So yeah, you don't want, you want to make sure that you're not committing to things that you don't have time for and things you know won't be beneficial to your mental health. So if they're trying to get you to go to a party with a bunch of people that are struggling with something that you used to struggle with and you want to stay away from that, that might not be your scene. That might be something that's just like, you got to, it's a hard no, right? Or maybe it's just like attending an event where someone there is just like not good for you. You just feel like it's like a toxic interaction. Say no that. Maybe it's something else, some other sort of trigger that happens when you go somewhere or you do something. It's just not beneficial for your mental health. And even if it's just like a temporary time, because later down the line, you could just have spent so much time healing from this thing that it doesn't bother you as much. That definitely can happen and is amazing. But maybe right now is not the time. So you want to make sure that you evaluate like, you know, whatever you're doing and committing to is beneficial to your mental health or, or is neutral, right? It's not going to like do anything either way. So that's part of establishing your personal boundaries with other people. And also be mindful of the people that you allow in your life. You know, you don't need to trust everyone off the bat. Um, you can just like, kind of like take your time and get to know people. I feel like sometimes, especially as adults, especially as adults, because it's harder to find friends once you're just like on your own, doing your thing, working, maybe you have a family and you don't necessarily like, maybe you can make friends at work if you go to work in person and you like those people. But I feel like it was so much easier when you're in like fifth grade and you're like, yeah, let's become best friends because we have the same class together and we spend time together and you get to know them. It's so much easier. But as adults, you know, we become, become pickier people as well and who we want to hang out with and who who is actually worth our time. And so um, it's, it's just so important that it'll help make 
making personal boundaries easier if you are mindful of the people that you allow in your life. And, um, and you're also like not obligated to trust the people closest to you with everything if you aren't ready for that either. Again, it might seem odd to say that. And I'm sure some people are like, oh, well, no, you have to trust like your, your sister and your brother or your friends or like your closest friends or whatever. But I'm just like, no, sometimes you just need to like work up to that trust especially if you've got burned in the past, but if you haven't, it's even just like you want to feel confident when you share that with them. So it's okay to have a boundary around that and be like, I'm just not ready yet to share that, but you will be soon, you know? So it's okay if you're just not ready to share certain things, even like if you're in therapy and you're just like, I don't really want to tell my spouse everything that we're talking about in therapy, totally fine. That is your right to have that personal boundary and you don't need to like divulge everything because... You'd rather just keep it to yourself so it's something that you're working on your own. That could be a personal boundary. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to tell everyone everything. And with yourself, creating personal boundaries with yourself, make sure that you keep promises to yourself. Because if we cannot keep promises to ourselves, how how in the world could we keep promises to other people? It's It's extremely difficult to accomplish that if we can't even do it for ourselves, right? And, you know, follow through even with things you really don't want to do. If you have committed to it and you know it's going to be good, you need to do it. Sometimes sometimes things can be good and we don't want to do them because they're not like fun, but they are good for us. And that's important. So we have to have those personal boundaries with ourselves that we're going to actually follow through and do the things that we said we're going to do, kind of similar to like keeping promises. Also, like, don't betray yourself by engaging in things you know aren't good for you, like on purpose. You're like, yeah, I'm just going to, like, go to this club and hang out with these people and not drink, even though everyone around you is drinking and you struggle with drinking, right? Or anything else. That's a really classic example, but you know what I mean. So it's like, don't put yourself in a situation where you're putting yourself at risk on purpose just because you're like, well, I still want to be in the scene, but I think I can just like not deal with the struggle that I had before, but maybe you haven't actually spent that much time healing from that struggle. You know, you got to be honest with yourself about where you're at in your healing process. There could be a time where, yeah, you could just pop by and have a good time and you don't care in the world about needing any alcohol, but that might not be this time. You have to evaluate, you have to make that decision, right? Understand if it's the time. And so, and, and also don't just shove it off and think it will be okay this one time. You're like, oh, it's okay. Well, just one time and you get there and you're like, I'm not going to drink, but then you drink. And you're like, it's, it's just one, this one time because, you know, that's just leading down a path of it possibly becoming a habit and a problem and a struggle again. And if it's something that took you a long time to kind of get out of, like, why would you want to do that to yourself again? So create and enforce personal boundaries with other people and with yourself. It's super important. Because you're kind of like keeping yourself accountable for the things that you need to do to take care of your mindset, your mental health, for you to grow and become your best self and and be able to engage in the things and not engage in the things that will help you with that goal. Number three, develop discipline. Develop discipline. This is like the easiest one, but it's hard. It's easy and hard. It's easy to understand and comprehend and be like, yes, this is what we got to do. But it's difficult to actually put into action and to continue to have it in action, you know? 
So when we develop discipline, we develop the ability to like stay committed to our goals and intentions despite like anything that comes up against us. We're like, no, it's just like it's raining outside, but you've committed to walking every single day because that is good for your mental health, right? You're like, I need to get out of the house. You work from home. Maybe you, like your, your kids are home too. Maybe everyone's home all the time, right? You're like, man, it's, it's, the, it's that time again, but it's just how your life is. You're just home and you've committed to taking a walk outside every single day because it's good for your mental health and it's good for the doge if you have one. And, but then it's raining one day and you're like, oh, it's raining. I can't go outside. But discipline would say, no, you can go outside. You need to go outside. You have to go outside. You've committed to this and you need to figure out how you can get outside and still fulfill and commit, stay committed to your goals in a way that would, I don't know, keep you driest (laughs) or not like, you know, have you coming home miserable from the walk or being like soaking wet, right? Just like figuring it out like, okay, maybe this time I need to like do a shorter walk because I don't have rain boots and then I need to get rain boots and a raincoat or whatever or an umbrella and figure out how you can do that walk in the rain because you know it's important to your mental health because it's been so good so for so long, right? So despite anything that comes against us, discipline would help us still follow through. And, you know, we make better decisions on what our priorities should be and are more intentional with the choices that we make and are able to stay more focused when we develop and strengthen our discipline for like anything in life, not just mental health and mindset, but it is very helpful in that when like the things and the practices that we take up to better ourselves and help us to heal and become stronger. So with discipline, we are more likely to prioritize self-care and everything we need to do to address our mindset and our mental health growth because we have committed to doing those things. It's just like for me, I've committed to going to therapy every single week. I'm disciplined in going to it and not just like randomly canceling because maybe that week was like very overwhelming or whatever the reason would be, right? I'm committed to doing that thing. Discipline could always also be on something that doesn't feel like it's contributing to mental health and mindset. But for me, I'm currently on like an elimination diet and I've had pretty good discipline. I would say on this business trip, it wasn't totally dialed in, but that was mostly because it's like I either eat something that has like a a little bit of something I'm not supposed to eat or I don't eat at all. And that was really tough for me, the whole experience. So sometimes, you know, we're not perfect. We're going to figure it out. But I would say the majority of my discipline has been like on point of not eating the things that I'm not supposed to eat so we can figure out how my body can feel better, which actually does contribute to my mental health and my mindset and feeling good and not feeling like crap and not having all that inflammation take over my body, which is part of the reason why I am doing the elimination diet and it does affect my mindset and how I'm thinking and how I'm feeling. So, you know, really just have to like think about how important to us, how important is it to us to feel better, to be stronger, to heal, and then how easy it is to just commit to discipline and then follow it through and know that it's worth it. Discipline will also help us stay committed to enforcing our personal boundaries because we're like, this is really important. We need to lock it in. Let's not let people overstep just because we want to be lazy. We don't want to stand up for ourselves. No, it's totally, absolutely worth it. Number four, become more mindful. Become more mindful. When we think about practicing mindfulness, at least for me, 
and some other people that I've spoke to about this, it can feel like something really out of reach because it doesn't sound real, you know? It just feels like this like celestial kind of thing to me. I don't know. I don't know why. It's always felt like that until I like dug more into it and, you know, researched it and understood it. But like standing back, it just feels very like, oh my gosh, very in like, and this is not to offend anyone. It's just like this very spiritual yoga kind of thing. That's how it always felt to me until I did like more research on it. And I feel like a lot of other people feel the same, you know, it just feels like it's out of reach for a lot of us. But being mindful is just about focusing on more on what is happening in the present moment rather than being so caught up in what could happen in the future and ruminating over what happened in the past. So mindfulness is just being like, we are here in the present. And that's important. And that, that is actually within reach for all of us. It just, it just sounds more like, I don't know, spiritual, celestial, maybe because that's just the way that it comes off to us depending upon who's explaining it. I don't know, but it is attainable for all of us if we choose to. Most things are. And, you know, it's really important. I actually, this is like one of the things I'm working on the most because life is actually more simple if we are able to just focus on what's happening right now. And, you know, when things happen in the past, we can learn from them, but... It's just in the past. In the future, we don't know what's to come. We could sit around and worry about it all day long, but there is no, like, for sure that we actually know what's going to happen. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, it's just, like, it. I kind of wish that I had, like, figured out mindfulness a lot sooner in life because I feel like my life would have felt better and more content. But, you know. Here we are. I'm finally here. Um, and, and just I'm saying that too, if that's how you feel as well. But I always want to like remind people that there is no reason to focus so hard on the past because there's nothing we can do to change what happened. It has happened. It's there. It's in the past. We can learn from it, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's already happened. We can only grow from our experiences and use that knowledge to move forward. That's all we can do. That's all we can do. It's important. That we just realize that, accept it, and and move on forward. <laughs> Keep it going. And, you know, being mindful will help us be less distracted with our stressors from the past or fears thought to be happening in the future. You know, that constant worry. And focus more on what we can do right now to better ourselves. Like, yes, it really sucks that we didn't focus more on this, that, and the other. Or even me just saying, like, wow, I really wish... I had found mindfulness sooner in my life. But that is the past. The past has already happened. Let's be grateful for what's happening right now. How can I, you know, uh, really foster more mindfulness happening every single day in my life? That's what you should be working on or not how only focusing on the present, which mindfulness isn't only focusing on the present. You can still like think about the future and the past, but it's like it's your primary focus because it's happening right now. So we should just like taking all the memories and the opportunities. And, but yeah, it'll, it'll help us to be like less distracted with our stressors. And we can just like really, you know, work on ourselves, focus on what we can do today to help our mindset grow and um, be as strong as we need it to be to get through what's happening right now and not fearful of what could happen in the future. It's like, okay, what are you going through right now? 
And how do you need to like grow your mindset to adapt and help with that situation? How does your, how is your mental health doing right now? And what do you might need like help on? What, what do you need to pull back from? What needs to change and shift in your life? Um, also with mindfulness, you know, we will also increase our self-awareness of what we were thinking and feeling in the moment, which, you know, I am a diehard for self-awareness if you're not new here. Uh, but yeah, we'll also increase that and the feeling in the moment and taking time to understand what that means for us, what is going on. And also we can learn to see patterns in when we are more likely to become distracted because it's happened before. And so as we're becoming more self-aware of like, oh my gosh, in the past, I have felt this way right before I started to feel very like overwhelmed or I was starting to like allow distractions in my life to take over and, or I felt like things were just going too much. So I stopped focusing on myself, like those kind of things. So getting dialed into those patterns that happen in your life, that will happen more when you become more mindful, you're focusing on what's happening now focusing on your thoughts, behaviors, actions, choices, and you're like, oh my gosh, well, why am I making that choice? And I'm better understanding that. Oh my gosh, okay, this happens all the time. You know, you're just going to, it's just like, oh, this beautiful flow. And that's one of the reasons why I like to talk about self-awareness all the time. Uh, but yeah, so we can learn to see patterns. And, you know, when we are more likely to become distracted before it's happened and then create a plan to avoid that outcome as much as possible, allowing ourselves to just like give into distraction and then get back to what we need to do. Focusing on ourselves, helping ourselves, getting on that healing journey. You know what I mean? And number five, the last one I have to share with you today is seek accountability. Seek accountability. Normally at the end of a list like this, and not necessarily with me, but in general, if you were to do some research online, it would talk about like getting support. Getting support is helpful, and it's generally like pointed towards like getting a counselor or a therapist, which I am on board for 125%. Yeah, do that. It's amazing. Or friends and family, people that are there to support you. Now, I want to highlight specifically seeking accountability because in my life, I've now had accountability for a year, and it's been great, and it's been really, really great, better than I expected, and I think that's great. So I'm in like a business accountability group. So I have accountability in like a small portion of my life right now, not wholly, and that's totally fine because I don't really need accountability in every part of my life right now. I mean, it might be nice, but right now we're just focusing on like growing my business and like, you know, in creating content for mental health and mindset and things like that. And so I have the accountability there to continue to grow and develop as an entrepreneur and it has been so helpful. And so when I think about accountability, it's just like this amazing thing that everyone could seek and hopefully find in different areas of their life. It doesn't need to be this overarching thing, right? Because maybe you can just have accountability and overarching things if you do have a therapist or a counselor, which I kind of do. So, you know, I'm sure other people feel that same way. But if you're able to set up some sort of accountability with someone else or even like a small group of people, this would be such a helpful thing to do for you. And it doesn't have to be something super vulnerable or deep, so don't worry. It doesn't have to be like, you know, a deep like therapy session or even like super. I've never personally been to one, but I've heard that if you go to like uh, Alcoholics Anonymous meeting, it's, it can get very deep. I don't even think it needs to be that deep. 
where you're sharing like such dark things. It doesn't have to. It could be if that's what you're fine with, but it doesn't have to. You could just meet with others that are also focusing on just strengthening discipline or not allowing distractions to get the best of them in general. And either, you know, just like chat about what y'all are doing to manage this and share ideas with each other to try that maybe, you know, the other person hasn't tried yet. And you're like, okay, great. You know, it could just be like, you guys are focusing on that and maybe you're even doing it in different parts of your life, but you would like the accountability to continue to have and build strength and discipline and to, you know, push past distractions, right? So I think accountability is just like such an amazing resource that we should all try to tap into for different things in our life. And just knowing that you have someone to check in with can keep you more accountable to your goals of course, because you have to like share what you did. And I always, that always rustles me up. I'm like, oh crap, you know, it's Monday again. I'm going to have to share like, what did I actually do that I actually, you know, was I actually intentional? Like with my word, did I actually do what I said I was going to do? <laughs> and that can keep you accountable. Um, and also you can like feel a sense of positive responsibility of being there for someone else and checking in with them and wanting to encourage them and be there for them as they're trying to, you know, do what they said they're going to do and follow through and keep promises to themselves and, you know, be impeccable with your word, you know, do what you say you're going to do. So seek accountability. I think it's amazing opportunity and you can talk about that, those things, or maybe you can just talk about like, Hey, you know, did you actually like implement anything that you learned in therapy that could be like an accountability thing or are you actually how is therapy going for you that could be an accountability just to talk about like if you feel like therapy is helping helping you not even talking about like what you talk about in therapy but is it helping you should you continue to use that time with that therapist should you look for someone else do you need help resources with that um is the way that you're going about like growing your mindset in this specific way is that helping you like you can really just dive into topics a little bit deeper but you can still keep it kind of like surfacey if that is what's best for you, you know? So it doesn't have to be very like, let me pour my heart out to you. <laughs> so seek accountability. But that is all five of the tips that I have on how to manage what's distracting you from working on yourself. So I really hope that this was helpful for you. And I hope that um, if you did find it helpful, that maybe you can share it with someone else and let them know to listen and be encouraged and have these tips if they are allowing distractions to get in the way of their own personal mental health and mindset, um, strengthening, healing, growing journey. So thank you so much for listening to the Real Positive Girl podcast. Again, with me, Sabrina, I encourage you to take a peek down into the show notes below to sign up for the weekly newsletter or to check out the anonymous um, emotional venting that you can do. And what else? Oh, just come say hi to me on socials. Um, check out anything I have for sale, which is just the planner, uh, all, all those kind of things. I'll let you figure it out. Um, again, share the show, rate the show if you can, if you have time. Um, but until next time, have a good one and I'll see y'all next time. Bye.